But uh, I went down there with a mind to really uh, study a few things. I had a few things because I, lo I love I love a little short trips like that where I can study and kind of kind of digest some stuff a little different because when you preach Sunday and then Wednesday and Sunday and then Wednesday and Sunday, it, it's kind of rapid fire. You don't get a lot of time to soak up a lot of stuff. And it, 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 some of y'all know what I'm talking about. It's just tough sometimes. And don't get a lot of time to, to really explore. And I was going to do a lot of exploring. Well, I got down there and, and, and this passage that, that I had left on Wednesday night, last Wednesday, was stuck in my mind. And, and, and when a preacher gets that in his mind, that's all I could get on my mind. That's all I I studied about the same passage the whole time because I just could not get away. And I know it was the Lord. The Lord would have me say that. But just so you know, I'm blaming it all on him if I got too much material. <laughs> but I, I just was hung up. And you'll see the passage tonight that I want to talk to you. It's still in Galatians. But I just was so hung up on this one particular scripture uh, tonight. But I want to read. We'll start back in, in chapter 3 and begin at verse 21. We left off at verse 20 last time. But we'll... We'll read verse 21 and follow down through actually chapter 4 a little bit. And actually the verse or two that's in chapter 4 is just, just plumb captured my heart. But let's, let's read this tonight. Let's pray. Let's stand and pray and then I'm going to let you sit down because it's a little bit lengthy. It ain't overly lengthy, but it's a little bit lengthy. But uh, let's just pray over this tonight. And uh, Brother Marks, won't you pray over us tonight, my good brother? Hallelujah. Father. Revelation anointing, God, we pray for your revelation, your Holy Ghost would impart to us understanding that we've not had before, power that we've not had before, and wisdom, God, how to operate in the open door for ministry that you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Thank you, Brother Marks. Come on, let's thank the Lord tonight. Amen. Bless his name. You, you can be seated if, if you would like. Rest, rest your legs. As my granddaughter used to say, rest your legs. Rest your legs. But anyway, take your coat off and stay a while. He'll say all that stuff. Amen. But anyway, let's read this tonight. Is the law, of course, we just finished up, and, and really Paul's been really uh, defending the grace above the law and really kind of putting grace above the law over and over and over again. So he, he starts out with this. He says, is the law against the promise of God. Of course, he, he says, God forbid. It's not, you know, matter of fact, there is a harmony. That, that's what I see in that, that statement. He, he's, he's, he's telling us there is a harmony with it. It's just in the right way. But he says, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly, truly, or verily, righteousness should have been by the law. And then verse 22, the Bible says, but the scripture, this what, that's what, that's a, that is a, 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 a authoritative statement. When the, the scripture has concluded. In other words, man can conclude. Organizations can come to conclusions. People can come to conclusions. But I tell you what, the scripture comes to a conclusion. Amen. It said all are under sin. That's the conclusion. That's the whole conclusion of scripture. Every man. There's never been one born other than Christ. And he took the penalty of sin. But all is under sin. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. That's how it comes. But before faith came, listen to what he says. We were kept under the law. Shut up under faith. Locked up. Bound up. Which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster. 
to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. I've always said you don't graduate, but on this part, you graduate. Come on, somebody. No, lo no longer under the schoolmaster. If grace, if faith is where it's supposed to be. Amen? No longer. So there is a graduation, just not from some of the things that we like to be graduated from. <laughs> Verse 26. For, for ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs. Heirs. I want to say like that. Heirs. Heirs. Heirs according to the promise. But now listen, here's where it pivots on chapter 4, verse 1. Now I say, as he just he just gave us this great big promise about being an heir. But now I say, and this, this is the verse I couldn't get rid of. I just could not. I spent six days on this verse. <laughs> now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant. Though he be Lord or master of all. But is under tutors and governors until the appointed time of the father. For even so, we when we were children were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, un, made under the law. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. God, Jesus was the begotten. We're the adopted. Amen. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth his spirit, the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And then finally, verse 7. Wherefore thou art no more a servant. Back to, reverting back to verse 1 that we just read. But a son. And if a son, here it is, then an heir, an heir of God through Christ, through Christ. Man, no wonder I spent all this time on this. It's so big. It's so large. It's so much. But I don't want to deal with all of it. I, all of it ties together. But there's one particular thing that just really got a hold of me. And I want to talk to you tonight about being seasoned, seasoned by grace. Seasoned by grace. I want you to think about that a minute. Father, bless your word, and I thank you for being here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. He says, he says if, if you be in Christ in verse 29, you are an heir. Go back to verse, chapter 4, verse 1. You be an heir. But then, but then in verse 1 of chapter 4, he says, but now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, he differs nothing. Nothing, nothing from a servant. And actually that word is slave. You can, in the Greek, I wish, I wish my Greek lady was here. But it, 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 it's, it's no different. It's the same word as being a slave or enslaved or in a bondage. He differs nothing. Though, though he even be master of all. Think about it. Think about this. We, we can be an heir and a master, a lord of all, if you will, but yet differ nothing from a slave. 
differ nothing at all. If, if, if we're like this, what he's calling a child. Now, now, now that, 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 that carries this thought. When I, when I seen this, I got this thought. This is a thought, and I, I had to look up the words to make sure I wasn't mistreating it or anything. But, but when I see that word, when, when we're, when, as a child, uh, likened into immaturity. You know, a boy and a man, or a woman and a girl. But, but in this sense, just immature. Not, and that's, that's really the structure of it. Because how many know that's, that's really what an heir is said, that's how this is termed, that's how this is going. That an heir, and we all know like what an heir is. Immaturity keeps us in bondage is really what this is talking to. And, and though we have access, an heir, an heir has access to everything. That's what an heir is. An heir, an heir is like a, like a young man who's been appointed, appointed a, a great inheritance of his father or of his family, but but it's not until a certain time. I, I've heard I've heard of things. You know, is he can't he can't have this or she can't have this till they're twenty five, or or they can't appropriate this till they're thirty. Uh, they, they can't come into this or, or accumulate this till they're 32 or whatever, whatever it is. And it's built, that's what Paul's showing us, is that, that, this, that this connection about being blessed with all that God has is tied into this same thing about maturity, about a, being able to accumulate, being able to come into, being able to access and this immaturity keeps us in bondage. And then we don't, though we have access to all, you're a child of God. This was speaking to believers. Every believer, well, he was a child of God, and he's an heir then. It's the only way you can be a, an heir, is be a child of God. If you're an unbeliever, you're not an heir. But if you're an heir, it's because you're a believer, and, and therefore you, you have this appointed, this appointed uh, 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 time you have the right to everything. You own it all, but yet, but yet, because you're not at that place of maturity or at that age, you, you, it cannot be released unto you until the appointed time. And it was all, all built on until maturity is reached, until they meet the time. They own it, but they live in bondage. That's what, that's what he was talking about with, with, with the Galatians. That they had access to everything. Sound like a lot of church folk. Had access to all the king stuff, all the kingdom stuff, all the blessed life, all that God had. But, but because of immaturity, differed nothing from a slave. Still in bondage. Church people still in bondage. Church people still enslaved. Church people still bound. All the promises, every promise that's in that book belongs to the heirs. Every promise that's in that book belongs to the believer. Every promise in that book belongs to those who have the faith in Christ. But, but, but can't obtain it because of this immaturity. Own it all. But it's all locked up, all locked up until a day of maturity. That got a hold to me. But that speaks it all. How maturity, how maturity keeps us in bondage, immaturity. And how maturity allows us to touch all the, the things that God, do you realize everything, all, when you're an heir of God, that, that, that ties you into all, all, no exceptions, no buts, no ifs, all, 
And the only thing in this scripture, in particular, the only thing holding us back is that appointed time, that growth. Being, and it's, this in particular is it's going towards grace. This being this growth towards grace. This 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 growing up. There's a lot of there's a lot of factors and you can see a lot of things you can see in scripture that that and I'm not gonna bring them all out with scripture, but there's a lot of things in scripture that point and tells us uh, shows that when we're mature or immature. A lot of various things. One, one, one particular, you know, when, when we think of maturity, we, we think of somebody who's not driven by their emotions. That, 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 that'd be one thing. Not driven by their emotions. Or, or here'd be another. Not easily offended. Immature people are, are easily offended. Wear, wear feelings on their sleeves. Everything said, everything not said, everything looked, everything not looked, or, or whatever. Didn't get invited, got looked over, got this, got easily offended. Somebody said, somebody didn't say. Come on, we're talking about we're talking about immaturity. Immaturity that that kept people in that keeps people in bondage. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it real plain before we leave here tonight. I've had lots of days to make this plain. Real plain. Immaturity. Maturity in scripture would really would come out as someone who can control themselves in certain environments, like a Joseph with a Potiphar's wife or, or whatever, certain environments, maturity, maturity, and being that heir, being that child of God, knowing what they have access to, won't give it up. Come on. Maturity, maturity would look like someone who, who don't change just because of who they're around. Maturity, maturity looks like the same. One of the greatest compliments you will ever get if you're a Christian is someone who says, he's the same everywhere I see him. He's the same to whoever's around. She's the same no matter who's going on. She's, she's the same whether you see her here or whether there. She's the same. Immaturity ain't like that. Immaturity changes with her. Them, them folk right there ought to scare you who can change just because of people around. Come on. Amen. Amen. It's what it looks like. Or, or, or maturity in, in Scripture looks like this. A, a, a faith that is constant no matter if it's a good day or a bad day. That's, that's maturity. Whether it's a good day or a bad day, faith is still strong. Faith is still steadfast. I'm not saying you don't struggle. I'm not saying you don't have to have a little extra prayer time. I don't say you have to have a little more worship time. But faith is constant. It don't matter if it's a bad day. He's still Lord. Don't matter if it's a bad day. He's still king. Don't matter if it's a bad day. He's still how great my soul. Even if it's a bad day, my soul still wants to scream how great our God is. That's maturity. That's what that is. Worship when your heart broke. That's maturity. Heart broke. Maybe tears streaming down your face. Maybe sobs, but, but worship. Because of who he is. That's maturity. I, I'm just giving you a little insight on what Paul's talking about here and what, what it is to us maybe, to, what we need to grow into. Amen. I think it would be this. I think scripture would, 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 would support this thought. That, that we speak the word instead of our own mind. That's maturity. 
There's a lot of times, there's a lot of times immaturity, and I had this happen even recently. Immaturity wanted me to speak my mind. But maturity said, no, speak God's word. Speak God's word. Amen. So, I spoke God's word and added jerk to the end. No, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. I had to repent. And they didn't hear the jerk part. I said that. I said that walking away. In my mind. I just keep it real. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But but then because of that little episode, here's what I here's what I remembered. Maturity in scripture is painted like this: the man that can tame his tongue. Matter of fact, James brings out this thought that the man who tames his tongue is he calls the word perfect. That scares some of you off. But he he that word is mature. He's perfect. That means maturity. Because you can pull that tongue back in. I'm glad it don't say thoughts because I have trouble bringing them under captivity at those times. But I do keep most of the time my tongue reeled in. I do pretty good until about an hour or so later. And I dwell on it a little bit and then I talk to myself. Anybody like that? I talk to myself. And I do too much talking then. Way too much talking to myself. Amen. But, but it's true, we tame, we tame the tongue, and that's just a sign of maturity. I'm talking about these things is what Paul's talking about we grow into for maturity. It makes us heirs. And without it, we differ nothing. We differ nothing from a servant, from a slave. There's no difference. There's no di- though we're heir to all of it, we're just like those that are bound. We're just like those in bondage. We're just like those that, that have not the promise of the heir. Have not that that's been appointed by God. Amen. How, how about this? This is another sign in Scripture. When, when, when everybody's against you, you, you can still, and I mean everybody, you can still hold your ground. That's, that's someone that's mature. And you can still hold your ground. Even though everybody may have turned, or most everybody. I've seen it a lot. I've seen a lot out of people that I know. And I've seen them hold their ground. And, and, I, I, and I take notice, and I said, that, that's maturity. Right there. When friends, so-called friends, that were running with them or whatever, and they turn. One little incident or one thing, and they turn. But, but maturity in the one person. Amen. Amen. And I, I found this, and i got to move on, but I found this a lot of times in my life. A lot of, and some of y'all, I know some of y'all will agree that, it, that a lot of my enemies or, or whatever, it, it's not that, that I got victory over them in, in some strength way. Most of the time it's because maturity has me outlive them. I just outlast because manure keeps me nailed down. Maturity keeps me there. I had a lot of people come, and I know I know a lot of y'all have. You had a lot of people come against you over your life, especially if you've been in ministries or something, whatever. And 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 it's not it's not that you got victory over them. It's, it's because maturity, you outlasted them. You outlasted them. Amen. Amen. Y'all out there? Amen. So so 
I want to tie that. I want to bring this together before we, and then we got to go into the to the last part of it. But I want to bring this in because I got to thinking, and this this is some of that part of that where I had too much time, and, and I got to thinking, I got to thinking of all the areas. I want you to think about this, all the areas. I got to think about when I thought of maturity, I just thought of a blanket, just like just maturity. When I could say, you know, well, he's mature or she's mature, I thought that's an, it's an overriding statement. But you know what? There's so many areas. In our life, there's so many areas in a, in, a, in a man's life that he may be mature in a lot of areas, but immature in some others. Hardly anybody is totally mature, or he'd be perfect. He might be very mature in some areas, but but very immature in some others. And here's the thing: here's the thing; those things keep us from total airship. I just, I wrote down a few things. You know I did. And, and I did it on sketchy paper. <laughs> so, you know, this was just kind of in one of those moments. But but I thought of a few things. And, and, I, and I just want to give you a few thoughts on this just so you'll open up your mind. Uh, so we can grow in this grace that I'm going to talk about. But think about this. There's, there's this. there's this. There's an economic maturity. I'm going to give you a few, a few, a few various things here. There's, there's an economic maturity, and, and, and that's someone who can handle money. He's very mature with money. Hey, economic maturity is somebody that I would say can will work, can hold a job, is a good steward of their money. I know a lot of folks that, that are very mature in some areas, but very immature in economics. And, and you know what that, what that puts them in? It puts them in bondage. Do you see how the scriptures tie? It puts them in, it makes them a slave. Might be very mature in some areas, but very immature in, in, in other areas. And, and economic maturity. Then, then there's like relationship maturity. There's a lot of pe- people struggle with this. They're not, when it comes to relationship, they're not very mature. In other words, they ain't able to understand others. Because maturity does. Maturity understands others and respects others there's 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 social maturity in other words he's able to to make a contribution to society immaturity does not there's even moral maturity think about that those that are able to set a, a good or a great example of righteousness that that's a moral maturity someone who does that and they set this great example there's what we talked about a little bit ago. There's this verbal maturity for, 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 with our communication, with what we say. We, we say what we need to, but we don't say what we shouldn't. Amen. Some, some people think that's, that they are blessed just to blab whatever. I'm just going to speak my mind. Oh, no, that's immature. That's all that is. I'm just gonna, I just want to tell what's on my mind. I just want to keep it real. No, no, that's immature. That's what that is, and you're a jerk. <laughs> Did you feel a little passion on that? <laughs> it's not, because sometimes now, now I'm not going to say sometimes they do need to be said. Sometimes there's stuff, but that's a sign of maturity too. When you know what you need to say, and you say it, but then there's other times where you you don't. Amen. How about character? There's there's character maturity. That's hard to come by nowadays. 
talking about someone who's mature in their character. They're able, able to be courageous in whatever the situations are. Character maturity. How about this one? This one we could use worldview maturity. In other words, able to take a look at our world and see what's really important. Make decisions for what's really important. That's, that's a worldview mature enough. I know there's, there's battles over everything in this world going on right now. There's battles over climate and, and this and that. I know, I, know, I know even down on my little road a few years ago, we, we had, and I'll never forget this because it was such a battle over a salamander. A salamander. It was a salamander living in Craig's Creek. And we got this higher plan turn now because they couldn't change the creek to put the road straight to put the bridge in, and now 47 humans wreck there every year because of a salamander. Worldview mature. I think somebody's not very mature. Or, or even take it further. A salamander. We, we got abortions. Worldview maturity. Someone who can evaluate the world and politics and entertainment, education and whatever else is going on in our world and make good decisions. If not, if not, there's this bondage. And you differ nothing. This is why, this immaturity thing is why so many Christians don't differ at all to those that are without the air. Amen. Amen. Just a couple more. Ethical maturity. Were you able just to make good, responsible decisions? Just good decisions. And of course, I can't leave off this one. Biblical maturity. Biblical maturity. Able to discern, to read this book, to look into this book, to understand this book, to apply it. Practice it. Amen. Biblical maturity. But this, this, and I'm going to, there are so many more, but this is the last one I'm going to leave you with. It's, it's pers personal maturity. Personal maturity. And, and that's someone who's able to be who God wants them to be. That's what it's got to be. Personal maturity. When, when, you get to, when, you're, when you've got personal maturity, you're able to be no matter what God wants you to be, no matter who you are. No matter what your calling is, no matter what your purpose is, you can be that, and you can be that with joy, and you can be that and give him, and bring him great glory, because you're personal, you're personally mature, and whatever God says, it's fine. If He wants me to be a John the Baptist and decrease as someone else increases, well, that's good. That's personal maturity. Or if He wants me to carry the cheese to the men that's fighting, and and, and I'm supposed to be the king, I'll tell you, what, I'll just take the cheese then. That's personal maturity because it's, it's for the good. This is for the kingdom. Whatever, it's, whatever it is. Personal maturity. I think that's it, man. Able, able to be who God wants us to be. I believe that tonight. And I believe that's at the heart of it. Amen. So. Bringing all that together, I got to tie it back into Scripture now. I've, said, I've done, I've done giving too much material, but I got to tie this all back into Scripture to where we was at, and 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 he brings it out like this: when we are immature, when we do like the 
this maturity. He puts us back. It's like putting us back under the law. We go right back to the schoolmaster. See, he gives us grace. We're supposed to have the grace to be mature. We're supposed to be able to grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We should grow in, not, not the law, shouldn't grow. We grow in grace. But, but when we don't do that, when we don't do that, and that's what happened to these Galatians, they weren't growing in the grace. And, and they become immature, but differing nothing. Although they were heirs, differing nothing. And it brought them right back to the schoolmaster. Right back, right back to needing tutors and governors and teachers until the appointed time again. It's kind of like Hebrews. You, you, you should be teachers by now, but we've got to bring you back and teach you again. <clears throat> so, the, if you will, immaturity puts us back under the law and back under the schoolmaster. And I got to thinking about that. Just think about that a minute. Some of the most immature people. I've ever known, ever known. They, 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 they needed to be under the law. I mean, honestly, because the law, the, law the law does some things in immature people. Let me, let me bring out just a couple things here. Let me just, let me just bring, bring some of these things down to groundwork here. But some of, some of the most immature people I ever, I've ever met in my life were people that usually thought they were something. Immature people think, I am something, or, or they think, I am such or such. Or it's pride. pride. Pride, pride, is immaturity. Pride, pride builds and schools, if you will, immaturity. They think think too much of themselves. That's immaturity. Well, see, the law, the law is built. What's the law do? The law, the schoolmaster, the school teacher comes, and what's he do? He he shows us plainly we ain't so much. He shows us plainly what, what, what great sinners we are. He shows us plainly. He strips us, strips them back down. Y'all ever had these experiences where you thought you were something? You got too big for your britches. The law had to come, got to come back in. Take you down a notch. Show you it once again. And then all of a sudden you're this grace creature again. Am I telling the truth? All of a sudden, you're hungry for grace. I mean, I need grace again. And last week, we was like, man, I am the man. You ever notice that? But here, here's the thing about being seasoned. This is the contrast. Being seasoned by grace is it, totally different. Because the one who seasons by grace and who is the true heir and has already come through the point in time, he's the most humblest man in the womb. The mature person is the most humblest person in the whole room. He don't think he's nothing because he knows it's all grace. When you're seasoned by grace, you know who it is. You know why it is. When you get compliments, man, you point to him. Still amazed, pointing to him. Amen. You want to stay out from under the law? You want to stay out from under? You want to stay out of school? Be seasoned by grace. Stay humble. Because that's where it takes you right back. Another, another attribute or, or characteristic 
of someone who's immature, I think this is, is they take no responsibility. Someone who's immature, that's one of the big things with a lot of people. That's what people look at. They don't take no, they're, su they're such a kid, they're so immature, they're, they're so this, and it, they take no responsibility. Well, see, that's another work of the schoolmaster. The schoolmaster comes, and it gives us plenty of obligation. It gives us plenty of responsibility. The schoolmaster comes, and it gives us a standard. It raises a standard very lofty, and it shows us very plainly. Shows us very plainly that we are, we are all responsible to God. We are all obligated to God. Everything that has breath is obligated. Everything. The mountains and the rocks, everything is obligated to Him. Amen. 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 But, but a seasoned man, a seasoned man of grace... You know what? He's so different. Because he labors. He works. He's responsible. Not to get grace, but because he's got grace. He's so thankful. He's so full of gratitude. He's so full of love. He's like the woman that ripped through the, that, 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 that Pharisee's luncheon. And went to the back of Jesus and cried on him. And washed his feet with her tears. And took the hair and dried them. And he sees that woman who, who loved much and he forgave her much. And she's so appreciative. And, and, and she's like, it's like Paul. He's like Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, I, I am what I am. Remember 1 Corinthians 15, 10. I am what I am. I, 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 by the grace of God, it was told over me. And it's not in vain because, listen, I labor more abundantly than even they all. Yet it's not I. But it's still the grace that's working in me. That's seasoned. We work, but it's not for grace. We work because what grace has done. That's why it's not, that's why it's not drudgery. That's why it's not tough. That's why it's, that's why it's a joy. That's why, it's, that's why it's, it's, it's enriching, fulfilling. Amen. A season. And when we're immature, we just take no responsibility. Amen. I, I like this one. I thought about this one. Someone who's immature, have you ever noticed this? Full of excuses. No matter what you say. No matter what you say. Got more, got more excuses than you got questions. I thought about this. You ever meet a boy? Let me say that plain. You ever meet a boy? And I'm using the word boy for maturity's sake. You ever meet a boy that wasn't full of excuses? I just spent the weekend with a boy, my little bug. And though I love him to death, I found out this weekend that my boy is full of excuses. <laughs> full of excuses because it's immaturity. And one of his favorite words now is, I didn't mean to. <laughs> it was an accident. Grandma, grandma's learned him that. Grandma's done, done that. Grandma's done wrong us on that. Grandma, grandma grace. Grandma grace. It's hard to do much with that. And now the old, the old schoolmaster got to try to come in and. 
Now, yeah, even, even his mama, Jenny, looked at me. She said, Dad, why do I got to be the bad guy? He said, he listens to you. Dad. I said, oh, y'all going to have to start pulling some weight here. Amen. Amen. Full of excuses, though. Full of, all, 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 all the time. But here's what I've learned. Here's what there, We've learned this, that there is no excuse. Oh, man. There's none. There's none. We, there's no self-justifying. In the kingdom. None. You differ nothing. You differ nothing from a slave, from a servant. Even though you're heir at all, if everything, everything's, you excuse it all away. Here's what I learned about someone who is seasoned in grace. This is awesome. Someone who's seasoned in grace, they don't, hide, they don't have to hide behind any excuses. They don't. Someone who's seasoned in grace, you know what they did? They are confessors. When it was bad, when it was wrong, when it was them. Amen. They're seasoned at that. It keeps them at the appointed place for the air. You could have done. It's why sometimes the saints of God you'll find in scriptures that they sinned. And God was right back with them. Because they didn't have the excuse. They said, Lord, it's me. I have sinned against thee. It's why the prodigal son run across, his dad run across the field. And he didn't even get to say all of his prayer. He didn't even get to say it all out. Because he was there, not hiding behind excuses. But he was saying, I have sinned against thee. You don't have to hide behind excuses. I don't know why we think that. You know why we do? Immature. Just tell God. Just tell Him. That's, that's growing in grace. That's being seasoned in grace. I, I got to hurry, try and get and close this thing up. But just think about that. Amen. I believe that. I believe that. Immaturity. Immaturity. Amen. Oh. Uh, Think about this. Think about this, if you will. Uh, uh, under always love when we under grace. It, it, we should confess. We 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 should always do that. But but also immaturity. I, I found this that in maturity, the law always chides and chastens immaturity. Immaturity. Have you ever noticed that the script? I, I know him. I, I know this is only by experience. I know it by scriptures in Hebrews. But but when I am immature, when I have been. I know it's not long that, that there's a chiding and a chastening that comes. And that's, that, that, that's what comes with, with the immature or the decision or whatever. The schoolmaster, the schoolmaster frowns. The tutor frowns, if you will. Amen. But here's, here's what I learned about a season, a seasoned man. He don't usually get to the chasing. When one's seasoned in grace. He usually don't. He don't usually get to the to the chastening because he's done repenting. Someone, someone who's really seasoned in grace will repent in a second. It's what makes the scriptures even make sense. Like David, who was seeing some of these terrible things, but man, he was so he could repent. He was such a re good Lord. What a repenter he was. Seasoned. 
That's grace. That's grace. There's this space. I love that scripture. I love that scripture, and it's not so good for her, but I love the scripture that it points it out in Revelations 2 and 21. It, it points out where, where, where even give, even give Jezebel a space, a space of grace, a little place to turn. Can you imagine that? One of the most wicked people that we can think of in Scripture. Sometimes when you think of her, that's who you think of. But he gave her space to repent. Space to turn this thing around. I've learned that. A lot of times that's why the law comes and chases and chides. Just giving you time to turn it around. But I've learned this. One who is seasoned by grace. He don't, need a, he don't need a place to turn around. He's going to turn it around. <laughs> a, true, a true man or woman of God with grace like that, they're repenting way before the altar call is ever given. Way before. Way before. Way before Sunday gets here. Way before. Amen. Amen. Immaturity. It's got to be watched. I've learned this. I learned this on vacation. It's got to be watched every second, every moment. It's got to be watched. It's got to be watched. Immaturity's got to be watched. That that's that was the part. That was what the law did. The law watched. It watched and it watched and it watched. I learned that. You got to watch that bug because he's a boy. He's a boy. He's a boy. Now, I learned when he was with his dad, I didn't have to watch. I could rest. I could take a little break. Don't you know why? You don't have to watch a man. You can trust a man. But you've got to watch a boy. You do. You do. And that's the difference. Season, season, season in grace. So I guess we say bring this thing to close tonight. Bring all this. It's really about mature enough to live without the law. That's what it is. Mature enough to live without the law. That's awesome, ain't it? Mature enough to live there. What keeps most back, I, I, I want to finish with this story. What keeps a lot of, most, most of the time, most of the time we're just too strong for grace. I, I've learned that about people. We're just too strong. We think we're too strong for grace. And I, I learned it. I heard this story. I heard this story. It's been several years ago now. Uh, and I don't know if it was a true story. I, I, I can't even remember the, 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 what led into it. But it was a story. It was a story about a lifeguard. Uh, and I th the reason I come back to my mind because we was at a pool and I was thinking, I'm the lifeguard. <laughs> and I, I don't even like to get in the water. But it was just me, Bug, and a few others there, uh, uh, the kids and all, but they were all doing it. They know when granddaddy's there, they don't have to watch because I'm going to watch. But anyway, I was watching and I was paying attention, but I, I got to think about that story. I got to think about that story that I had heard several years ago. And, and and it tied in when I thought about being too strong. We're too strong sometimes for grace. And I heard this story where there was this man who was swimming around. You know, it was a pool, a lake, whatever it was, a river. I don't know. But there was a lifeguard. There was a lifeguard. And, and it was this big, husky, strong man, vibrant. And for whatever reason, 
he, he, he got in trouble. He got in trouble swimming, and, and he started, started, you know, needing help. Well, the, the people looked to the lifeguard, and the lifeguard didn't move, you know, swiftly. He just, he just kind of held his ground for a minute. And the guy went down, and he come, come back up all wildly, and they all looked back to the lifeguard. And he went down again, and everybody's like, and he come back up again, a little, little weaker this time. And even a third time, a third time, he went down. And that time, the lifeguard jumped in. He jumped in. And then later, he told why. He said, the man was so strong when he first was drowning, he would have drowned us both. <laughs> he would have drowned us both. He said, so, so, so I think that about us a lot of times. I think a lot of times we, we, we're too strong for grace. It ain't till we're almost gone. That we'll finally, but you let me say something, that's not seasoned. That's not mature. That don't tie you in to the appointed time now. Because there's grace now, right now. It's glorious. It's awesome. It's so much more fabulous than the schoolmaster. It's so much greater. I just encourage you tonight. I'd encourage you tonight to grow in grace. Grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Grow in his grace. Don't be so strong. Don't be some of these things, but grow. Differ. Differ from them that are without. Differ. Differ. Be different. Find, tie, tie into that key, tie into that key that sets you free. His grace. The law locks you up, condemns you. It does. Locks you up and condemns you. But His grace sets you free. Mature grace tonight. Mature grace. Season. Grow in it. I wish I'd have gotten some of this revelation years ago. Because it's awesome. I don't know about you, but I'm going to stick with grace. Yeah. I'm going to stick with it. Amen, Paul. If you can get your arm out from under her, you come on up here. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Don't you love it? Come on. Don't you love it? Ain't it great? Ain't it awesome? It's grace. What a great thing God has done. We've, I don't know if you realize that, but we've, we've been, we have got to witness a great thing of God. I know that. I discerned it way before. I even, I think I've become a schoolmaster, and I even asked my, what you waiting on? Didn't I? I become the schoolmaster, the tutor. I said, man, there's a, you, you are heirs right here. There's a point in time. I love saying they both, they both as giddy as 16-year-olds. It's great. It's great. 
Amen. Makes me go home and smile at my wife different. 